0: Welcome to the Navy SEAL Mindset. I am your host, William Branham. This is episode 010. We're in double digits now. All right, last episode I talked about Mags, one of my uh, Master Chiefs, Command Master Chiefs from the SEAL teams, some of the leadership that he has instilled on me, some of the lessons I learned from him in the SEAL teams, and hopefully some of those are valuable for you. In this episode, I'm going to go over five Navy SEAL secrets of leadership. This is a presentation I give from stage. It's a book that I am writing, and I hope you enjoy. We're going to just go over secret number one is to multitask like a Navy SEAL. So when I give this presentation from stage, I always ask the group who here is good at multitasking? Everyone raises their hand, 100% of the people. And if you stick around and watch the rest of this episode, I'm going to teach you how to multitask like a Navy SEAL. It's going to be so much better than how you've been multitasking before. So like I said in the last episode, I like to use a gunfight to train leaders because it's a very stressful situation. It's one of the hardest things to learn how to truly read the battlefield, read your people, read the enemy. And and these lessons are applicable to any organization that you're a part of not just in the SEAL teams in a gunfight. It's, when I talk about leadership, again, I'm going to go back to lead your family, lead your friends, lead your circle of influence. Even if you're not the most influential people in there, there's going to be an opportunity for you to lead. In the SEAL teams, I, I listened to a buddy of mine give a presentation. It was really about men and alpha and beta and, and things like that. I believed in everything that he said that his core message was we need to have more masculine men in the world and i 100% believe that i'm a part of two different organizations where we really focus on men's development and leadership and one of them is the project and the other one is man made where we help men become men again doing epic adventures they're both very different um experiences but uh I, i'm a part of both of them so i get to see i get to see a lot of different ideas and get exposed to a lot of different things. So I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for those opportunities. But so what my friend was saying when he was on stage about, man, he was like, so when you're in charge, you are alpha. And when you are not in charge, you are beta. And I had to bite my tongue until he finished his presentation and then everyone left. And then we got together after the presentation. And I was like, bro, I love everything that you said. I love every single syllable that came out of your mouth except for this one piece. And he was like, oh, really? What, what, what was that? He like, so he's intrigued because I said I love it except for this one thing. And he took the feedback very, very well. And so what I said is I have a big problem and I've posted things on, the, on social media saying exactly the same thing. When he said that if you're either, when, when you're in charge, you're an alpha. And a lot of people believe this. And I, and I very quickly try to correct them if I can. And when you're not, you're a beta. And I had a lot of people, I posted some stuff about alpha and beta on the internet and people reply with the exact same sort of idea and I can't disagree with it more. You're either an alpha or you're not you being an alpha does not determine whether you are leading or not. Because my example to him was, so what you're telling me with your example of, if you're in charge, you're an alpha, and when you're not, you're a beta, you're telling me that my SEAL task unit, 42, 47, 50, 100 dudes walking to a target, you have one alpha and 99 betas, going to that target, you're telling me that. That's what your definition of alpha versus beta means. And he was like, huh, I never thought about it like that. So you, I'm telling you there's, you're either an alpha or you're not. Even if you're not in a leadership position, that's one of the awesome things about being in the SEAL teams is everyone is a leader. Everyone is a leader. It does not matter who, what rank you are, how long you've been there. When the opportunity presents itself, let's say I get taken out for whatever reason. I'm down. We've had leaders go down on the battlefield. They led until they weren't allowed to lead anymore. I, I remember this one young officer, Afghanistan, walking through the village. He stepped on a, on a landmine. He was a phenomenal runner. He lost his leg. I, I think he only lost one leg. I don't think he lost two but he continued to direct movement on the battlefield until he was given morphine, even though he was missing a fucking leg. He continued to lead men on the battlefield until he was given morphine and couldn't lead anymore until his chief relieved him of duty so that, because once you take morphine, you can't lead anymore, you're not 100% there. But he was missing a leg and still leading on the battlefield, total alpha, but, He's not the only alpha there because he could no longer lead. Someone else stepped up and led in his place. That's leadership. We're all leaders. You just learn it and you do it. It's about taking ownership of the situation. So, going back to this first Navy SEAL secret of leadership, I like to call multitask like a Navy SEAL and using a gunfight as the example of training leaders is so the way that we train how to be in a gunfight is we. We first, we learn how, what calls need to be made. We, we understand if I make a, a break right call or a break left call or a punch right or a punch left or a, uh, a flank or whatever the calls are that need to be made. We First, we learn what those calls are and then we learn what that movement looks like. No guns, no bullets, no nothing. Uh, then we get guns and bullets and we go out in the woods and we practice making these calls. Then we bring the training cadre in, and the training cadre sets targets up out in the woods or in the desert or in the mountains, wherever we are. And so the way the scenario works is we'll be patrolling along, that's walking in a line in some sort of formation, whether generally it's single file, spaced out evenly, and we, we get a contact. The contact is basically we've been ambushed in some capacity, the bad guys are shooting at us, we address the target, we address the threat, and we return fire. The leaders in the team read the battlefield, read the terrain, and read what the team is doing, how they're positioned on the battlefield. They make a call, we maneuver, we re-engage the enemy, and uh, we do that until we eliminate the enemy or we're out of danger. Sometimes it's just breaking contact and getting away. Other times it is outflanking the enemy, setting up an L-shaped ambush, and then having one, one group walk through the target, kill everyone. Or I'm sorry, eliminate the threats and and then we continue on our our merry way. But uh, so it's a very long, it's several weeks of, of training. My job as a senior leader is to train my replacement. Your job as a leader, as a man, as a father, as a wife, as a mother is to train your replacements. As you have kids, you're training fathers are training young boys how to become men. Fathers are training their daughters how to be treated by another man when they get older. Mothers are treating their daughters how to be mothers or be women when they grow up. They're training their sons how to treat a lady. We as grownups, we're just gonna say we as grownups, we're always in a leadership position whether we know it or not. We're always in a leadership position. We should always expect that we are in a leadership position. We should always expect that someone is watching us and we should be leading by example always and we should own our actions and everything around us all the time. That's my two cents. That's my cut. Doesn't mean that we can't have fun. We can't do other things, but we should always be leading by example all the time. How to multitask like a Navy SEAL. When we're doing these gunfights, me as a senior leader in the SEAL teams, I don't get to run and gun and, and do all the fun stuff. Most of my job is uh, a lot of administrative work, making sure we have bullets and water and supplies and stuff, handling transportation and all the logistics that go into running an organization, running a SEAL team, running a SEAL platoon, a task unit, whatever it is. That's most of my job. But I still like doing the fun stuff. I still like getting dirty. I still like rolling around in the mud. I still like shooting my gun. I like blowing up doors. I like going on every operation I possibly can. I would do it today if they would let me. When I have the opportunity, I'm going to get out in the field and I'm gonna be part of the team. And that's also part of leadership is leading from the front, being down at the deck plate level and getting dirty with your people, doing the job that they're doing. When we do these contact drills or these land warfare gunfights, I always position myself. I, so let me back up a little bit. I was out in Fort Chaffee, Arkansas once upon a time. And we were just observing myself and the task unit commander. We were just observing the task unit as they were just getting started learning how to do contact drills, learning how to maneuver on the battlefield and things like that, and, and teaching these young leaders how to make decisions in a stressful environment in a gunfight. And I remember the task unit commander running up behind one of the new officers and he started yelling, Oodaloop, Oodaloop, Oodaloop. Well, number one, I have. Hated that term almost my entire career, mostly because I didn't understand what it meant. I have a different approach to it now. And watching him, I was embarrassed for him, running up behind him, behind that young officer, and yelling "Oodaloop, Oodaloop, Oodaloop." I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing? What stupid shit are you doing right now? Sh- sit down and shut up." Is what I wanted to say, but he's my boss, so I I couldn't talk to him like that yet. Um, so after. We watched a handful of runs. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go get my kit and I'm gonna get out here and I'm going to do these runs with these guys. And so what I did is I, in every opportunity, from that point on, every opportunity I had to, as a senior leader, I saw a gap and I filled it. What I did is I I went and got my kit and I got my gun, jammed my magazine full of bullets, and I positioned myself on every single run next to that brand new leader. It doesn't matter if he was an officer or enlisted next to that new leader. Because being in those leadership roles, you're not just a shooter. You have to stop shooting and look around and make decisions. And one of the things that you have to do in the gunfight is you have to do three things really, 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 really well. You have to be able to shoot. You have to be able to move. And you have to be able to communicate. Shoot, move, and communicate. That is the mantra of the SEAL teams. I think it was actually that the doctrine of it was created by the Army sometime in the 1980s. And then the SEAL teams, we adopted that, that doctrine and it, it really became our mantra. We could be talking about just about anything in the world and we're gonna say, maybe we're like helping someone move uh, from one house to another. And we're just gonna be, we, you know, we're, we'll talk about shoot, move and communicate and how that applies to everything that we do in our life. Shooting doesn't necessarily mean putting rounds down range. It could be delivering a product in your business or your organization. Sh- moving, it's not necessarily maneuvering on the battlefield. It could be you're running a marketing campaign and you're maneuvering around the battlefield of business. Communication is, it could be your marketing campaign. It could be how you communicate with your team. It could be how you communicate with your customer, customer service-wise. All of those things are the, the, the shoot, move, and communicate that we do in the military is directly related to the things that you do in your business and your organization with your family or, or whatever it is. That's all leadership. I started going into the second secret, Navy SEAL secret of leadership, and I'm I'm going to pull back a little bit and reset here. When you're in a gunfight, which is what we train for all the time, because we want to win the gunfight, we never want to lose the gunfight, is we train for the gunfight, and you have to shoot, and you have to move, and you have to communicate. None of those things, nothing else matters. So I'll just kind of walk you through what it looks like to shoot, move, and communicate. You're walking along with your team. You get ambushed. Bad guys start shooting at you. You take cover. Uh, if you see a bad guy immediately, you, you drop him, you, you eliminate the threat. Uh, but first thing you need to do is you need to take cover. And uh, so that you don't get shot at or you don't get killed because you're hanging out there in, in no man's land. Even if cover is just dropping to the ground and getting as low as you can or as flat as you can and hiding behind a micro piece of terrain, we call it micro terrain, that's like maybe three or six inches high that can conce- at least conceal you from the enemy in some capacity. Once you take cover and you are relatively safe from being shot, then you have to locate the enemy. Where are they? Where are they shooting from? You find the enemy, you see them. Okay, there they are. Then you look around and make sure that there's not going to be any sort of collateral damage if you start engaging the target. Then you point your weapon downrange at the enemy. You line up your sights, you squeeze the trigger, and you start putting rounds downrange, hopefully eliminating the threat. When it's time to move, you have to stop shooting. You have to look at where you're going to move. Maybe a call was like to move the team to the left. So you look to the left, you look where the guy that was next to you to the left, you look over, you see he moved from his location to his new location. And then when he gets to his location and he starts shooting, then you stop shooting, you get up or you crawl or you, you, you belly roll or whatever you need to do to get to that new piece of cover. So you identify a new piece of cover. You hurry yourself up. You get to that piece of cover and you start engaging the enemy again so that the, the person to your right can start moving left as well. When you communicate, effective communication is two-way communication. If communication is only one way, it's not communication. It is just making noise. It's, there's that saying, if a tree falls in the woods, does it make noise? If no one hears it, yeah, but who cares? No one heard it. So you can just be spouting information to your people. If they don't acknowledge it in some capacity, then it's just noise. It doesn't matter. It's a tree falling in the woods. It falls on deaf ears. So kind of like this podcast, I can be up here communicating, talking to you guys, or I'm talking to a, a camera and are you listening to it? Do you reply to me in the comments? Does anything good happen from, do you take the things that I share with you and you go out and use it out in the world? That, would, that makes effective two-way communication. I often say that a billboard is effective two-way communication. It's just a big sign sitting out there in, on the side of a highway. It's effective communication if someone calls that number that's on the billboard or goes to the website that's on the billboard you put a message out you got an acknowledgement so this is how it looks in a gunfight i'm we'll just say i i'm in charge and maybe i shot some rounds i look around i look to see what the call is going to be i look to my left let's just say we're going to move to the left i look to the left and i say break left break left, break left. I'm not going to yell really loud because that's kind of annoying. Repeat it several times until you stop shooting. You're to my left. You stop shooting. You look at me. You acknowledge break left and you yell back to me, break left, break left, break left. And then you turn to the person to your left and you yell, break left, break left, break left. And then I will turn to the person to my right and I will say, break left, break left. That person will reply to me, break left. And then once everyone has the word, then we just start moving left. And it's actually gonna start by whoever the last person is, they're gonna start moving to the left first, which will tell everyone else that it's time to move. Even that's nonverbal communication. Other ways that we communicate on the battlefield are we use lasers. We use these sort of tomahawk motions. We do it inside the kill house. We do it all over the place. We use a lot of nonverbal communication. The thing about communication is it needs to be very simple and direct. So if you can communicate with your team in five, let's no, break that down. Three words or less and they know what, you're, what you mean. And if you can communicate with them nonverbally, even better. So when things get really hard and really stressful, the less communication, the less words you have to say, the less you have to explain, the scenario, the better. As long as everyone knows what you mean, when you say a very short set of words or give a, some hand signals, and then they reply with those same hand signals, un, like acknowledging that they understand what you're saying, that's effective communication. Shoot, putting rounds down range. Moving, you've got, you've got to stop shooting, you stop communicating and you just get up and move. And when you communicate, communication has to be two-way for it to be effective, two-way and simple. So the bottom line here is there is no such thing as multitasking. How does that affect you? So I I should have started with the the bottom line is there's no such thing as multitasking, which is what I normally do because people are like, what do you mean? I multitask all the time. When you're trying to do two things at once, like driving and texting on your cell phone, you're not doing either one of those things well. There have been more crashes due to people texting and driving than there have been from drunk drivers. How does this apply in in your life, in your family, in your business, or or whatever? Let's just say you're. We'll use the an office scenario at first. Let's say you're 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 the boss of some people, and you're writing an email to the company or to a client, or you're working on a a, on a project, and you're deep in thought, and you're you're engrossed in your computer screen, and then. I come in and I say, hey, hey boss, I got this problem. Can you help me out with it? And you're like, yeah, I I got you, go ahead. But you continue working on this project or this email or whatever the thing is that you're working on and you're kind of listening to me, kind of half-ass listening to me and you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, I got it, all right. And you're still trying to write that email or work on that project, number one, you're disrespecting me as a person, as an employee, as a subordinate by not giving me your full attention. So what you should either do there, you have two options. You should either say, hold on just a minute. Let me finish my thought on this thing I'm working on so that I don't forget, finish it and then give me your full attention or stop what you're doing and give me your full attention. And then go back to that thing that you were doing. Or you could say, Hey, I need to finish this. Can you come and bring, me that, bring that thing to me in an hour so that I can actually give you my attention? When you don't give me your full attention, you're telling me that I don't matter, that you don't care about me. My presence, my problem, it's not important to you. There's no such thing as multitasking. So if you want to multitask like a Navy SEAL, if you want to be able to shoot, move, and communicate through your life, you have to do one thing at a time, and you have to do it very, very well. Just like I said, in a gunfight, there's three things that you have to do very, very well, that shoot, move, and communicate. You can't shoot effectively if you're moving, and you can't shoot effectively if you're communicating. You can't move effectively while you're shooting, and you can't communicate well while you're moving. So the bottom line is, there's no such thing as multitasking. You guys stay awesome, don't forget to get naked and I will see you in the next episode. Talk soon. Hey, this is William Branham, retired Navy SEAL, 26 years of service, and I have a free gift for you. Go to 5sealsecrets.com, the number five SEAL, as in Navy SEAL, 5sealsecrets.com. Go download your free copy of these five SEAL secrets, and I'll give you a, a secret. The secret is naked. Naked is an acronym. Uh, go over there and find out what it is. 5sealsecrets.com, totally free. All you gotta do is give me your name and email so I can send that to you and uh it's all yours then you can start learning how to think like a navy seal talk to you guys soon